Wisdom Podcast. My name is Holly Weaver, and I'm the owner and operator of Rosebud Wellness, where I practice women's holistic health, utilizing acupuncture, Chinese herbalism, yoni steaming, and Arvigo abdominal massage. And I'm also a new mama. This podcast will be part information on women's holistic health practices that I use in my practice, and part conversations with women who are mothers or hope to be mothers on their journey through menstruation, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and motherhood. Please enjoy. Thanks so much for listening. Hello, everyone. I have a very exciting announcement for you today. I have been dreaming about having a shop available to sell Yoni Steam herbs and supplies for quite some time and that dream has finally come to fruition thanks to my husband shout out um, and so we have six blends available on the shop one is a clearing blend which is the most universal blend for um, it's just sort of like cramps and overall stagnation there is a moving blend for a little bit more sticky stagnation situations like cysts fibroids endometriosis things like that there's a disinfecting blend for infections. There is a moisturizing blend for uh, postmenopausal vaginal dryness, more deficiency conditions. And there is a strengthening blend for women that either have mid-cycle bleeding, really heavy cycles, um, or short cycles, which would be less than 27 days. So there is some nuance when choosing an herb blend that is right for you, especially if there's a variety of concerns that you have. And so there is also on the shop a private consult with me. Um, so there's a 30 minute and a 60 minute option for that. And then you can just choose some days that might work for you and then we would pick a time um, over email. So the shop can be found at rosebudwellness.com shop. And as a podcast listener, I am offering a special discount code for you. The code is WOMB, W-O-M-B, all lowercase. And if you type that in at checkout, you will receive 10% off your first purchase. So please go ahead and visit rosebudwellness.com shop. Hello friends and welcome back. I am excited to be bringing you another interview podcast today. Today I am interviewing a friend of mine, Allie Jones, and she is a mama to a seven-year-old boy and is also currently 39 weeks pregnant. So I was really excited to catch her before she gives birth and hopefully we'll be reconnecting with her after the birth of her second child to check in about how the experience is different, anything that she wants to share about. But until then, please enjoy this episode with Allie. All right. Welcome, everybody. I'm here today with Allie Jones, who is a mama to a seven-year-old boy. And I've forgotten his name, but she'll share that with you. And she is also 39 weeks pregnant right now. So super excited to have her experience right now, right at the end of a second pregnancy. So um, first, we're going to start with Ali's period uh, history experience, which is, I think, going to be very interesting to hear about. She's just told me a little bit in our pre-chat. Um, 
But yeah, so Ali, if you want to just jump in um, about talking about your period when you got your first period, kind of the trajectory of what it looked like um, in terms of irregularities, symptoms, care that you received, birth control history, anything that you want to share about. Hi. Um, yeah. So <laughs> funny enough, uh, I'm one of like three girls and I'm the middle child and me and my older sister are like 14 months apart. And, um, I remember when I first got my period, I was 11, which I feel like is on the younger side. And, um, I, I got it before my older sister and that was like a big ordeal. <laughs> um, and it was, I mean, I felt so unprepared. Uh, just like looking back on it I remember my mom was my mom works for the studio so she was like always out of town and I remember my mom was out of town when I first got my period and uh, I remember having to go to my neighbor around the corner because she knew all the things and you know I was like oh she's older than me she'll help me because I couldn't go to my older sister and um, I remember like I had like all she had was tampons and me having to try and do that like the very first time and it was terrifying it was terrifying and um but I you know it was what it was at the time you kind of just had to like adapt and um yeah so I started really really young and I had really painful periods like from the get-go um, they put me on birth control at 12. I think I tried like, I don't even know how many different types of pills and things I had to try rings and hormone regulators, which I found out later didn't really help me much. Um, because whenever I take synthetic hormones, I end up getting bruises everywhere. Um, and this went on until so started at 11 this went on until I was about 16 when I got a PCOS diagnosis so then they continued to give me um, medications and it was just horrible I just remember being constantly like black under my eyes bruises everywhere um, and they couldn't get my hormones balanced um, and yeah, I was, I remember just feeling really horrible all the time. My senior year of high school, I missed so many classes because I was constantly going to the doctor because they uh, thought that my cysts could be pot, uh, potentially precancerous. Um, I couldn't get an IUD that didn't, you know, because I had cysts not only on my ovaries, but also on my cervix. And it was... It was just a crazy time. Um, it wasn't until, so when I was 18, funny enough, I, <laughs> I started working in the um, medical marijuana business as, you know, people did in 2010 <laughs> in Los Angeles. And um, that was kind of my first real exposure to like any kind of like holistic methods because my patients were all coming in and they were, you know, obviously like at the time I was like a little bit ignorant, you know, like, oh, you know, like 
who doesn't love weed? But um, <laughs> it, it really got me on a different track into looking into herbal and alternative methods. So I think, I can't remember, I think I was on like five medications. Um, I can't remember which ones at this point, because I was like 10 years ago <laughs> or something. But um, I just decided, which I don't necessarily recommend going like full cold turkey on medicines prescribed to by a doctor, but that's what I did. <laughs> and I started seeing an acupuncturist and, um, yeah, I learned about herbal medicine and started, I mean, I've been steaming for, yeah, I think about 10 years now, like I've found out about Yoni steaming and, was able to kind of get my hormones more regulated in that kind of sense, which it took a little while. And I've always still to this day, well, not this day, cause I'm 39 weeks pregnant, but um, I still have like the three day pretty light periods since everything regulated, but they're not painful anymore. Really, so the point of, so mainly your PCOS, um, so, and for anybody that doesn't know, PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, and it, it often shows up with um, some irregularity in cycles, it, and, but you didn't have that. Yours was pain. Yeah, mine was, yeah, uh, yeah mine was like just incredibly pain, like incredibly painful. Um, and then I had some other like, of the random symptoms like hair in unusual places um, and, you know, mood irregularities and things like that. But, yeah. And so um, when you were getting, so you would attribute um, your symptoms being less to acupuncture. And then did you also take Chinese, like an internal Chinese herbal formula? And maybe you can also tell us about um, like how frequently you were steaming and if there was any kind of like protocol you were following or if you were just kind of doing your thing. So at the time, um, I, I uh, my acupuncture, I just was getting, I wasn't as good at taking um, the herbs, I'll be honest. Um, and what I, I actually, it was like to this day, like I thought it was always really strange. I don't know why he was always telling me that it was like, um, that I had, what was it? Uh, spleen deficiency and liver deficiency. So he was always trying to do that. And then, uh, but for whatever reason, it, maybe it's the liver because that like helps to, you know, process out the hormones. Um, that was the main thing that he addressed, but it ended up uh, really working for my PCOS. Um, but at the time that acupuncturist, like he wasn't like the one that I use today. <laughs> so like, he was very much like, he was very stern and I was very young at the time. So I probably could have been more thorough about my questions. And you can tell he was like very, you know, I've seen some acupuncturists who are more like experimental and he was very much like, oh, I'm going to look at your tongue 
and we're going to do this protocol kind of a thing. And I'm like, well, what does it do? And he was like, not the kind of person who is like interested in answering all my like hunky dory questions. Like, what do you mean? You know? Um, and then at the time at the shop I was working at, um, this girl told me about herbal steaming and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll try it. Um, and I kind of just, I think I did it like once a week, except for when I was on my period. Um, and I was mostly like, just like calming her herbs. Like, you know, I steam with like calendula or rose, um, nothing too, you know, crazy or protocols. Cause back then there really wasn't as much information on yoni steaming as there is now it was more like I was just like oh I'm gonna just I'll try this and hope it works and then I just started to feel better and went on with things <laughs> like that's but, awesome yeah but I wish that I had I mean I wish that looking back now I wish that I had been like more thorough about you know, writing things down instead of like, oh, I'm just going to try everything and see which one is the one that works. You know, I was just like, I just want to feel good all the time. <laughs> like, And I wish that I had been uh, better at re recording everything to see what was actually having the most beneficial effects. Yeah, I can really relate to that. Like just youthful, like kind of bopping around, digging a bunch of shallow holes and kind of not really giving it like the full time and energy um, that maybe it needs. But I think it's just part of being young. Yeah, um, it was definitely like, and it was, I mean, at the time it was also cool. Cause I just like, I just started feeling great and I didn't really think anything of it after that. It's like, oh, I feel good, you know, like here I am, I'm, you know, working at a pot shop and I'm learning all these herbs and it's not just, you know, I'm just like, oh, you know, like any kind of practice that I heard from, from one of my patients, I'd be like, I want to try that. Like, what is that going to do? You know, and it was just like, it was very experimental, but I wish, yeah, looking back, I wish I had done better records of my experiments. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then maybe you can tell us about your first pregnancy, anything that you want to share about like conceiving or um, like if you had any trouble conceiving or if it was something that just kind of happened organically. And then also your pregnancy itself, if you had any symptoms or any treatments or practices that um, felt really useful to you either during your pregnancy. Yeah, let's actually just start with, with pregnancy and then we'll talk about the birth after. So with my son Kingston, uh, I wish I could have had like that conscious conception, you know, where it was like planned out, but I was fresh into being 21. And it wasn't even like a thought. Um, and that I think um, that pregnancy was, I think a little harder on me for that reason. Um, I mean, this pregnancy obviously has its issues and I'll go, we can talk about that later, but that pregnancy specifically um, was hard on me. Uh, 
just mentally, like I had gone back to school and I was, you know, hoping to, I was what I thought was the direction I thought I was going to be going kind of just went to an abrupt halt when I got pregnant with my son. And while like, obviously like the first trimester is I, I mean, if it's not rough for some people, I feel like it's very commonly rough for people. Like I was getting sick all the time. Like there's a really fun picture of me sleeping in the bathtub because I was getting like hot flashes. And <laughs> at the time I was like living in Hollywood and we had like our one air unit that was like in the wall, only in the bedroom. And it was, you know, he was born at the end of September. So I had to make it through the summer all like super pregnant. <laughs> Just, you know, all the goods, all the goods. Um, but I think the hardest part of that pregnancy was, um, I think, the mental toll that it took on me because uh, I didn't think I was ready. Um, I mean, like, I was at a point where I wasn't even sure I was going to go through with it. Um, <laughs> but again, like in your youthful ways, like funny enough, the day I found out I was pregnant a year before I had done some mushrooms <laughs> and I had, you know, kind of connected with my higher self. And he told me that I was going to be a mom and that that was going to be inevitable. And I was, I, I mean, for the longest time, like, I remember like me and my high school boyfriend, we broke up because he like wanted to be a dad one day. And I was like, I'm never going to be a mom. Like that's not in the cards for me. But um, yeah, I had, I did that little, that little trip. And then a year later to the day that I did them, I found out I was pregnant and I kind of took that as a sign <laughs> from, you know, that like, that he was supposed to be here and that we were supposed to walk life together. Um, but it was still like kind of a harsh reality for me at the time. Cause I was like, well, like, you know, he told me, but I didn't think it would be happening so soon. <laughs> um, and it really, during that time, it also really had me analyzing my personal relationship with my mother, which hasn't always been great. Um, and I mean, I know it's different because I had a boy, but when, I mean, everyone, I feel like everyone I've talked to that's moms, they're like, oh, well, I don't want to be like my mom for this reason, this reason, and this reason, you know, like it's so common. And, you know, I was, I was definitely having those kind of feelings when I was pregnant and that kind of stuff was coming up for me. And I had some resentments from my mom at the time. So I was like, how am I going to do this when I like barely even know my mom, you know, like, or at least that's how I felt at the time. Like our relationship has completely healed since having my son, but yeah, that. And, um, in my third trimester, I ended up getting pups, which I don't know if you know what pups is, but basically I'm like allergic to the pregnancy hormone. I actually have like little, ooh, <laughs> I have a little rash right now because I have a little spot of pups again. Apparently it's more common if you have a boy. Um, so it was just kind of a physical and emotional roller coaster pregnancy. Um, so yeah, pups, it's 
basically just a rash, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it stands for something, but I don't, I don't know it offhand. It's really long. I just say pups. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so for the listeners, it's, it's a rash that happens in pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and so maybe you can talk about your labor and delivery, um, you know, particularly, I know that you mentioned in our pre-chat that you had hospital birth and you're planning something different for this one. Um, so maybe you can talk about what that experience was like in terms of like, if you felt seen and heard, um, maybe it's, it was kind of a blur, especially cause you were so young. I don't know, but anything that you can recall that you, you'd like to share about. So yeah, <laughs> uh, the first time around, you know, like I did the Bradley method cause I was all for like, I'm going to have like a natural birth and I'm going to like, that's how, I mean, I wanted to at the time have a home birth, but um, I, I personally feel like it's really important that my partnerships are all, like that my partner, you know, this, obviously my husband is not, well, he, it's not obvious to you guys, but he's not the same father that I had my first time around. Um, I wanted them to also be com- confident in the birthing experience. And he was just very much like, we need to have it in a hospital. And I was like, okay, fine. At least I'll be able to have a natural birth in the hospital. Like, I know that that's a possibility. Um, and I labored for 40 hours and it ended up going the complete opposite of my birth plan. And like to this day, I've really struggled and was really heartbroken by how that birth went because I, (laughs) I mean, I got there again, he was born in September. So it was apparently that's like the busiest time of year for hospitals for all the people who got down during the holidays. Um, (laughs) um, But I got there, there wasn't a room ready. Um, And then finally, by the time I did get a room, I had already been laboring for almost 20 hours. And I was like exhausted, exhausted. And I remember kind of zoning out and starting to fall asleep, which would have been great. Um, and then kind of waking up and all of a sudden I have an epidural and I'm tied down and I'm like, wait, I can't feel anything, you know, which wasn't how I wanted things to go at all. Like I was like, I want to do this naturally. Um, and so I kind of like, I kind of let that go at the time, obviously, like what else am I supposed to do? I'm not going to sit here and have a fit. But when you sign the paperwork at the hospital, like you, that's your consent. Like they can pretty much do whatever they want from there. Um, And so in that, like they ended up giving me Pitocin, which absolutely terrible I swelled so badly and they're like oh it might just be the IV fluids but then I looked it up later like Pitocin really makes you swell really badly um and yeah that ended up stopping my labor (laughs) it didn't actually push it forward it actually ended up halting it for a few more hours and um yeah so it finally got to the point where 
my doctor, my OB wasn't even there. She went on vacation. So I couldn't even go to someone I knew, you know, like the nurses come in and out and they, you know, I think I had one nurse uh, for a little bit and then they would change shifts and you just don't know. There's a lot of people coming in and out. Um, I had at the get, I was 21, well, a week into being 22 at the time. I had no idea what they put in these epidurals. At this point, like I, I had started my whole, like going all natural off medications when I was 18. So I was 22 then. So this is like my fourth year of not having any kind of medicine at all. Like I'm talking not even Tylenol in my system. So I'm just like, I like press the button that they give you when you have an epidural. And I'm like, I had no idea there's like fentanyl in there. I'm like, what is happening? I was just like, I had, I had no idea. And it was like such an ignorance, um, which again, I contribute a little bit to youth, but I also contribute it to like the lack of autonomy that they give women. Cause they didn't tell me any of this in the hospital either. It's not like, they're like, okay, well, we're going to give you medicine. It's like, they're not telling you what kind of medicine they're not telling you. They're not telling you really anything. And so finally got to the point where I was like ready to push. I got him out in three pushes, which was great. Um, and then after they're like, we're not sure we can, um, that you're going to be able to deliver your placenta. So we're giving you an episiotomy. So after I had already had a baby, then they gave me an episiotomy, which makes no sense because it's like that, that's like if you're gonna tear and that, and I had already pushed them out. So at that point, it was very apparent that it was like, oh, a, it's a financial thing. And that was just kind of like, I ended up after having a definite, I wouldn't say, I mean, I don't know if it's more of the postpartum anxiety more than like actually be having like depression, but I definitely fell into that category of person after um, my son was born. Like I remember not being able, like not wanting to leave my house for a, I mean, a long time, not even like wanting my mom to come over to stay. And like, I, I, I was like, I don't want any support. I just want me and my baby. Like, I don't want anyone near us. Cause I feel like I was just, yeah, I was in a state of like shock and trauma after that, that birth. So your partner was with you at the birth? Yeah. At the time. And was he around for the early postpartum phase or you were really just like by yourself? Um, he went back to work, I think after three weeks was when he went back to work. So like after that, it was just, it was just me and him. Yeah. Wow. Um, was there anything that you did around that time? Yeah, that, that felt supportive to you um, or did it, was it that it kind of just the anxiety, it was mostly postpartum anxiety that you struggled with? Yeah, it was definitely like postpartum anxiety. Like I didn't even feel comfortable driving my car. Like, <clears throat> sorry, funny enough, like 
I think like the first two years after he was born, I drove like less than 5,000 miles, which is nothing in Los Angeles, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, it was just, it was very much like I was very fearful. I mean, like I had that, I'm really proud that I had that knowing that like, oh, no one can take like better care of my son than me, you know, because some people don't experience that. But at the same time, I was like, nobody but me, you know, and it definitely caused a drift in my partnership too. Um, you know, me and my son's, me and my son's dad aren't together anymore. And he, he contributes it to postpartum. And then that's like a whole other, that's a whole other thing. Um, so yeah, thank you for sharing that. I mean, that sounds like, and I can also relate to that kind of um, anxiety about being separated from the babe and knowing that you're going to care for them in a way that perhaps others might not be able to. Um, so yeah, did you feel kind of like that got better over time? Or was there uh -huh. anything in particular that you did to work with it? Yeah, well, I ended up going to a doctor about it. And I found like a really, a really great doctor. Um, and she basically, I told her, I was like, look, I don't like taking medications, but like there is something, there's something off here, you know? And so she recommended that I start taking 5-HTP and St. John's wort. So I started taking that regularly. And then of course, you know, like taking my dogs out and getting outside in nature and that definitely helped a lot. And from then we moved from Hollywood closer to my family. Um, and I think that also that I was more open to having support at that time. And then things started to get a little bit better, which is good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So maybe at this point, because I think, yeah, I think because you've had um, seven years of an experience of being a mom, maybe you can talk about, um, yeah, what your experience of motherhood has been like so far, what you've needed to shift in your life, um, things that surprised you, how it's changed you, anything that you'd like to share. Um, yeah, about your, your journey of motherhood so far. Um, I mean, I feel really, really fortunate that my son is who he is. And I feel like I've always been an observer of that in motherhood of just like, you know, I'm like, oh, he already, I have the belief that, you know, like they're born with their own personality. Well, of course there's like the whole nature nurture thing, but he's definitely his own person. Um, he always has been, and he's always been pretty uh, independent, but I think he was, I mean, I don't know, maybe like, I'm just like ignorant to <laughs> difficult times and things like that. But I, I think he was easy or what would be considered easy. Um, 
And I've always just considered like him, just like my greatest teacher. And I know that that's like such a cliche for people to say, but just watching him develop as like the person he is now, especially over the time, like he says things and I'm like, where did you hear this? Like, how, how did you become so wise? So it's, it's been more of a, I think it opened me to being like less in like my, my ego. It's when I've just kind of realized like, oh, kids know so much more. Maybe they're just like that much connected to source because they just came from it and I'm like so far from it. But I've become more patient and you have to be if you're a parent. Um, I, yeah, I just, <laughs> it's hard to, it's hard to put words into like mother, like motherhood, because so much goes into it every day and it's exhausting, but beautiful. It's heartbreaking, but also like every time your heart breaks, it gets bigger, you know? <laughs> and so I just, it's more just like, I'm thankful that I decided to walk that journey. And I'm thankful that he picked me because I, I like to say like, I was only given, I was only given what I could handle and it wasn't very much because my son is so chill. He's like a trip I, for all the astrology people out there. Is so sun, sun, moon rising all in Libra. So he's just like the dreamiest, sweetest, like most diplomatic person in the world. And he puts me in my place all the time. And I just, I'm very thankful that, I mean, that's all I can really say about motherhood is that I'm just constantly just expanding because I don't feel like I teach him as much as he teaches me. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I do, I hear that from a lot of mothers that they learn so much from their children. Um, more than they're teaching their children, for sure. Um, So um, I'm trying to think, I think maybe now we can go into this pregnancy. Um, You can just share about conception and, and the pregnancy so far. And then also, you can share about your birth plan. I know you're, you're, you're doing a birth center with some midwives. I'm curious Mm -hmm. to know. Yeah. Like if you've created like a, a birth plan of any kind, or if you have a doula or what your support is looking like and, and all that. Yeah. Um, so I will say that like this pregnancy was, Again, it's, it wasn't necessarily planned, but I will say that it was more conscious for sure. Like me and my partner talked about having a kid. Um, we were kind of just like open, like if it happens, it happens. We weren't necessarily planning anything, but I definitely had been having dreams of having another boy and he would come to me and he had already told me his name. Um, 
So for this pregnancy, like I knew he was coming and I, <laughs> I'm actually, um, I'm finishing up my bachelor's right now and then preparing to go to acupuncture school. And, um, I'm like, can you just like wait a little bit? And I remember my dreams is like, no, I'm coming. <laughs> like he is very like, I already, and I could tell because of like the way he feels inside me is so much different. Like my first son, like he, he was so like, chill and he would like you know kind of move a little bit and this time around it's like very stern motions like I can feel the energetic difference between the two which is really cool um physically I must I wish I could be one of those people who just like love being pregnant though um I I really do and it makes me so sad that I'm just not like I'm one of those people that get sick um <laughs> all the time and yeah it's just so being pregnant is not the most pleasant thing but I will say in contrast to the first time around I am feeling way more accepting of support from people um in regards to like my family and stuff like that like hey I feel like I feel terrible. Can you come take my son for a little bit so that he doesn't have to go through it or more vocal, but only with like my inner circle, I guess. Like I haven't really, I never did like an announcement that I was pregnant or anything like that. Just still very um, reclusive during this pregnancy and kind of just, it's very a personal time. And, you know, I hope anyone out there who's pregnant, you know, really uh, goes with the ebb and flow of it, you know, like the good and the bad and acknowledges your feelings because a lot comes up when you're pregnant. Um, you know, last time it was, it was more like wounds, um, like family wounds came up for me emotionally. This time it was more like my, my childhood things started coming up for me and it was, that kind of stuff came into like awareness and physically the pups came back. So I'm a little bit itchy, <laughs> but yeah, this pregnancy has been, I wouldn't say easy, but I would, I still think it's beautiful. And I'm really thankful that um, <laughs> actually funny enough. So my husband used to be an EMT. So he, he wanted to do a hospital birth and I was very much like, no, I don't want to do this. And we were kind of arguing back and forth on it because his only experience with birth has been, you know, medical emergencies or traumatic incidences. And I, it, I really had to uh, convince him otherwise. And it was, um, it was definitely like, I think he finally agreed to the midwife at like 32 weeks, like 31, 32 weeks, um, because he didn't really feel comfortable with it. And I think there's like a stigma that goes with like a midwife, like that it's just some like hippy dippy, like oh, hey, we have a pool of water and you just give birth in there. And, you know, like that there, I think 
for whatever reason, there's like a stigma that they're uneducated, that they're just there and they just watch you give birth. And so we went and um, I found an amazing midwife. Her name is Robin Poole. Um, and he kind of had like a list of questions that he was able to like ask her, you know, like about practices like, oh no, she's, she's actually college educated. You know, she's done as much schooling <laughs> as, you know, nurse practitioners and things like that, that you have access to medication if you need it, not an epidural, but other kinds of medication. And um, that definitely helped his anxiety levels because I was going into it like, cool, I already know what I don't want. And this is what I do want. Um, so yeah, we met her and it was great. And he was still on the fence after we met her, but it wasn't until, yeah, they're about 32 weeks. Um, I had some amniotic fluid leakage. So at that time I got up in the morning and I had just gone on a walk with my dogs and I kind of woke him up. I was like, Hey, um, I think we should probably just do a check at the hospital, which he knows me well enough to know I wouldn't do that unless I was genuinely concerned. And so we drove, you know, 40, 35, 40 minutes to the hospital that he recommends because, you know, he was an EMT and he knows better and he feels safe and he knows people that work there. And we went there and we told them, you know, like we called my OB at the time because I still did all the appointments with an OB. Um, and she's like, yeah, you should definitely go to the hospital. Um, and we got there and they monitored my heart rate and that was it. They didn't check anything and like at all, they just, um, when you get admitted to a hospital, they have to keep you there for three hours. Uh, that's like the, the rule, but you know, I wasn't having any leakage when I had gotten there, but they weren't going to do, they weren't going to check anything at all. So I had to personally request, like, can you do an ultrasound to check that my amniotic fluid levels are okay? Um, can you, you know, just, I, I had to request everything. And I think that that was like a big eye opener for him about kind of like the care that happens in a hospital. And um, there's actually a really great documentary called like The Business of Birthing. I don't know if you've seen it, but I, I kept explaining. I was like, you don't understand. Like to them, I'm just like a dollar sign. I'm a dollar sign. I'm not like a, they don't care because pregnant women aren't actually sick. You know, they're doing something so natural. They just want them in and out. They go, they make their money and then they send you on your way, but they're not going to be supporting you in any kind of way. So finally, after that little hospital incident, he was like, okay, we'll, we'll do the midwife. And I mean, like, I was like, so like elated. I was like, thank God. Thank, I was so, I mean, while it was like a scary incident, I was so thankful that it happened because it was like eye-opening for him. I'm like, he had a hospital stay, uh, I think back in like 2013 and he had like a wonderful experience. And I'm like, your hospital stay though was an emergency situation where it was, 
you know, necessary, like, because I'm, I'm not one of those people who thinks, like, I think that there should be like a balance between holistic methods and Western medicine, you know, it definitely has its place, but it's for emergencies, in my opinion, and birth isn't an emergency. Birth isn't something that should be rushed. It's not something that you need to, it's, yeah, it's not something that you need to just get in and out and the pressures like, and I just had, I had one of my patients because I'm an acupuncture assistant. He was telling me how the doctor um, was so quick when his wife was pulling that they broke his baby's collarbone. And I, I was just like, my mind was blown. I'm like, how? how and it's because they like pull out babies so quickly and that's not even like I've been talking to my midwife about it and she was like no like you don't like once their like head comes out you kind of wait a little bit they turn on their own like all of these things that I had absolute like the information that she gives me and the autonomy that I have now is so so much more uh, I can't even, I can't even put into words, like how much lighter I feel about it. Like, I mean, it's like, I just found out that the, they put an antibiotic on all babies' eyes, right? And it's only necessary if you have chlamydia or gonorrhea. And I'm like, I don't have either of those. Why would they put that on my baby? Like, why would they why would they do these things? And it's all, it's all like a, it's all a dollar. It's all like a dollar, like dollar signs, dollar signs. And it's, it's sickening. Like it, it makes my stomach crawl. And so I'm just like, you know, she, she was giving me this information. And I'm like, why, why didn't I know this the first time around? I do think some of it is liability too. Not that that makes it okay. But I, I think that it's, I do think a lot of the stuff is liability, like not wanting somebody to have an unpleasant experience or a baby to get an infection that they missed. So they just kind of do these routine things. And, and I'm like you, I mean, I, I really looked into all of the things that were done and I, and I was just, I mean, I never even considered a hospital birth. <laughs> Um, because of that, because it just seemed like there was going to be so much unnecessary, um, stuff that was done because to, to protect, um, from liability, I do think that there's a financial gain component to it too, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and I had home birth midwives, which I had to pay for out of pocket. So I know that that's not going to be accessible to everybody, um, which is really unfortunate. Uh, but are, is the midwife that you're working with, because they're at a birth center, do they take your insurance at all or um, do you so, have to pay out of pocket? I mean, I'm very fortunate in that I have a PPO insurance. So um, she is counted as a, um, what's it called? like an independent contractor. So um, she's an out of network provider. So I am able, basically I have to pay out of pocket 
which is actually I was kind of surprised because the out-of-pocket amount, unless you're on like Medi-Cal, then for the most part, you get everything covered. Um, but the amount, the out-of-pocket amount for a lot of people's insurance is very similar to that of a midwife. Um, but because I, yeah, she's an out-of-network provider, so I'm able to run the insurance afterwards and get partial coverage. But which is which is awesome. Yeah, I'm that's super, great. Yeah, I'm super thankful. Um, but I definitely know that it's it's a privilege mm -hmm. to do it this way, and that not everyone gets to. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm thrilled to hear that your partner was able to shift his opinion. Um, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm, again, I'm super, I think we have really good communication, which is great. Um, he definitely like fights me on things, mm -hmm. but when it comes, when it came to that and it was so apparent that like my needs probably weren't going to be met, that it was going to be a rust situation and that, you know, uh, when it comes to liability and things, you sign that paperwork and then you've kind of signed, you've kind of signed your life away in the hospital. And um, I'm, yeah, I'm thankful that he's starting to feel better about having it this way. Cause I think I, I probably would have fought him and just stayed in my bathtub at home and been like, no, don't make me go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it makes such a difference to have the people, especially the people that are going to be present at the birth, be kind of on the same page and understand, you know, your needs and your what's going to help you to be most comfortable and know that he's not sitting in the corner, like having an anxiety attack because he's nervous about the, the birth, yeah. the birthing situation that you've chosen. Yeah, because I think also just like the energy in the room needs to be like everyone on the same page, you know? And I think that that really affects um, the mental health of both parents involved, you know? Like the first time around, I didn't wanna have it in a hospital. I was already nervous being there. And then it snowballed and things got worse. And again, sadly, I feel like that had a major effect on the outcome of my relationship with my son's father because if I did not feel supported and you need that from family friends especially your partner you know um and so I'm really thankful that this time around it was something that was like a mutual consensus so that way he's comfortable I'm comfortable the environment is going to be very different I can't wait to be able to compare like the two experiences but I'm also I'm also thankful that like California opened up this week so I can have I can have people there oh yeah yeah is, I mean that uh, my daughter was born um, in March last year and so it was like right at the start of COVID and I was like thank god I'm staying at home I hope I don't have to go to the hospital because obviously anytime you plan for something the hospital is um you know there in case there needs to be any sort of emergency intervention 
Um, but yeah, it's it's been really wild, I think, for birthing people right now because there's been sometimes that women need to be alone. Um, their partner can't be in there. Um, but it sounds like your partner is going to be able to be there. Is there anybody else that's planning to be present or just going to be the two of you? Well, so uh, our our mutual beautiful friend Hannah was uh, she's was going to be my doula, but it depends because she's having a retreat, um, which I'm so happy and so thrilled for her. The work she does is incredible. Um, but she's having a retreat this weekend. So if I like go into labor now, I'm going to be doula-less. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but I, I feel like, okay, like I of course want her to be there because, you know, we, we trained, you know, not, she wasn't in my Amba class. You were in my Amba class, but she was in the class before me. So we kind of have that. We have a very mutual understanding. We've been friends for a really long time. And I think she's a calming presence, but, um, if she's not there, oh, well, wasn't meant to be. <laughs> um, and this time I also have um, another really awesome friend who is uh, training in indigenous, uh, like postpartum doula work. And so she's coming to encapsulate my placenta for me. And I'm really excited about that because I didn't get to do that my last time around. And I know, you know, I'm, I want to take the proper precautions and the fact that I did have postpartum anxiety, I'm feeling a little better about it already, but, um, you know, anything could happen. Um, so funny enough, I foraged, um, I foraged St. John's wort last year, just by coincidence. And when I found out I was pregnant, I ended up uh, making a tincture. So I'm have that a homemade, I made it myself, tincture of St. John's wort, which was the herbal medicine that I used last time. Um, yeah, I just, I'm feeling so much more calm about everything and feeling more capable. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think I mentioned to you that I would love to have you back after you have this one um I think you said it's a boy do you already you already know the gender or you don't yeah well I, I knew before he even came um, yeah right <laughs> but yeah um, they're boy and I'm really excited so yeah after he arrives after you have a robust third or fourth trimester um mm -hmm. with you bonding with your babe and your partner um and you feel ready to be back in the world uh we I'd love to have you back to chat about being, becoming a second time mom. Um, if you want to share about how the birth goes and your postpartum time, I'd love to hear about the difference of your postpartum experience with having your placenta encapsulated um, and having this St. John's wort already prepared. Um, mm -hmm. And then also, yeah, just the transition into you know, only having one child into having two and, and what that experience is like. Um, so yeah, if there's anything else that you want to share about that you haven't mentioned yet, otherwise we'll kind of wrap up for today. Yeah, well, I would love to be back and um, thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, I just, I guess I'm, it's funny. I, I'm definitely in that like 
my brain doesn't feel like it's functioning at 100% capacity because I'm 39 weeks pregnant. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm uh, I'm nervous about the transition and I'm, well, not nervous, like good nerves, like, you know, the, the kind that, you know, butterfly kind of nerves. Um, and I'm definitely interested to see how that's going to go. And I can't wait to be able to talk to you about that. And I hope you and your babe are doing really well also. Yes, we are. Um, <laughs> she has been my inspiration to, yeah, just talk to other people about this. It's such a dynamic, interesting, beautiful, challenging experience that I just felt inspired to talk to other people about theirs. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for being here and we will all be looking forward to you um, joining us again. So thanks again. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast so that you'll be notified of future episodes as they're published. And also, if you can give us a rating and a review, this will help other people to find the podcast. Thanks again. Till next time.